you're listening to Irish Radio Canada at Home and Abroad and uh, the Irish Film Festival in Ottawa are running a fall documentary series this year at the end of October. And one of the movies that has been screened is Minker. And Minker is about the travellers. We're going to hear a little about, first of all, the term, because the travellers have their own language. When I was growing up, travellers were very much a part of Irish society. And in rural Ireland, it was not unusual that... Uh, at school, at national school, travellers would be part of the school population as much as everybody else. And Trice Levina has, we've talked to before and is back with us. Um, she is the director of this documentary. And uh, Patrick Murray is here with us also, Patrick, from the Irish Film Festival in Ottawa. Uh, Trisha, welcome back. Great to see you again. And thanks so much for taking the time. And Patrick, great to have you with us. Thank you. The last time you and I talked, you were working on uh, another documentary. This is number two, or where are you in your chronology at this stage? Of documentaries, yeah. Well, I'm working on another two things. But uh, yeah, this this was on the cards, but I didn't think it was going to come so quick. But it did. Tell us the background to this particular documentary. So this one started before COVID because I am working on a on a feature film now. is funded by Screen Ireland and is is a collaboration with Michael Collins. He is the writer and he is a member of the traveler community. And through working with Michael and his wife Catherine, I started to get very inquisitive about the traveler community, and I found like some sort of an likeness to to Spanish uh, culture. So that was a, a surprise. So I wanted to know more, you know, and know more and know more. And uh, poor uh, Catherine, I fried her head. And then she, I actually traveled with her to a couple of uh, traveling uh, like sites, like halting sites, you know, because of the research for the movie. And so that was the that was the beginning of it. You know, it was the, the works in Worlds Apart. But then also I started collaborating with the Galway Traveller Movement, uh, the Ballinas Low Group, you know, the Traveller Women Group, uh, asked me if I could do a little documentary for them. So I liaised with uh, Nora Corcoran, and through Nora uh, I had this idea of just kind of portraying traveller culture in a way that people could understand, because I think they're very misunderstood as as a community, I think there's a lot of bias, there's a lot of prejudice, you know, against them. And to me, it was different. Maybe coming from Spain, I just didn't have a notion of what a traveler was or the notion that comes with the word traveler. Then I wanted to know more. I thought it was beautiful. You know, when once uh, they started talking to me, about, I found very endearing, like the way they used to try to get money, you know, like going door to door, which is similar to, a tra- uh, to, to Spanish gypsies also, and then kind of reading the tarot or reading the leaves or reading the palms and all that. And I don't know, I got to meet like really, really interesting people along the way and then just kind of expanded out. And then like, I mean, I did other collaborations uh, with the travel community also in education, you know, it all came together like Minker, which is like a like an explosion of information to, uh, on the trial community, but it's really nice. It's a lovely narrative because I think it is what they are. You know, it was overlooked by them, and the whole uh, film was a uh, I, I, it was a lovely collaboration. But yeah, I think it is even the rhythm to it. It really shows who they are in a very transparent way, in a very honest way. 
So I hope it gives people the opportunity to understand them a little bit and to hear their voice. The definition of culture can often be subjective. So in trying to capture, to reflect a perspective of culture for the Minker, how do you approach that? Uh, we have to come from the point that everything that they know has been told is not written. I mean, that is a, that, that is a big difference, although they can trace their culture and they can trace their origins back to the 12th century, I think it is. Or it's just very difficult to, to pinpoint, you know. Actually, one of the things you just said struck me when you were talking about our normal, so-called normal life. Yeah. Yeah, we, we effectively are prisoners of society insofar as that being settled implies that you need to conform in order to be able to pay the mortgage. And I suppose the, the traveller is the nonconformist and is that part of all of us that wants that level of nonconformity and freedom. Yeah, you, you're right, actually. But, but also, like, you know, I mean, if you think about it, like us as homo sapiens, like, you know, we would have been nomadic until we settled. And then when, once we settled, what we got were, were, I mean, it was quite toxic because we started to get sick. Even our expectancy of... Uh, of living drop down. I don't know. I mean, I don't know about other countries because I haven't investigated it as much as I have with the Irish travelers, but like, it's very sad the way they were forced to settle in certain places. And this is one of the things that really struck me, you know, that they were forced to settle in certain places because they weren't allowed to park, say their wagons or their caravans then in the future or whatever in, in, in whatever. And then they weren't given the facilities to settle either. And I think then they're called dirty because they leave their place messed up and this and that. I was thinking if, if we go to a gig, to a concert, like, I mean, any settled people, any, any, any person, you put a bunch of people in a place with no facilities to dispose bins to, to wherever, you know, and, and concerts have to appoint. Yes, people choose not to use them. But I mean, if, if you really don't have the facilities to dispose bin, and you're forced to settle in a place either because it's the winter and you need, or because there's a pregnancy or, or whatever it is, like, you know, and you don't have that. I mean, of course, the place is going to be messed up. It's just crazy, you know, and especially, like, I mean, we're talking about also, like, women on their periods and other things, you know what I mean? Like, I mean, you need to go to poo. (laughs) That's a human necessity. Like, I mean, how many holes in the ground can you dig for so long, you know? Are you going to also dig a a hole to do a pee. No, you won't. I wouldn't anyway. I will do for commodity. I wouldn't, you know. I mean, if I need to go to the toilet, I need to go to the toilet. That's a, that's a prime necessity. And I think it's the same. And then I think it's really sad to kind of punish that on top of it, you know, and then like segregate because of that or because they're dirty, because it's this. No, they're not. Like, I mean, and actually the travelers that I've been with, which I've been with a lot, I can tell you that their houses are far cleaner than mine. I mean, like you can eat off the bathroom if you want, like no problem at all. They're very, very clean. So that is just something that has been built around them. That is not true. So, Tracy, when you screened this and when it saw the light of day, what has the reaction been like, given that what you are doing is confronting preconceived notions and established attitudes? How has it been received? It's been very positive, actually, very, very positive. And a lot of people say, oh, wow, that's a, an eye-opener or that is beautiful. Or, I didn't know that or whatever. You know, I think and I hope it gives the opportunity to, to, to really know them a little bit better because they've been so attacked that they're very reluctant 
to talk about themselves or to let you in, it takes a long time for them to trust you, which is normal because they have a natural barrier against the settled people. I don't know it's because, I mean, because I'm also in a way from an ethnic minority that they let me in or just because I didn't have prejudice that they, they let me in, but they really let me in. Yeah, there's people that are aggressive, like settled people. Settled people can be very aggressive. I mean, if you put in numbers in, I know that they're only like a small minority, but in terms of aggressivity, it's very similar. And I think all that comes also in settled people from a lack of culture, a lot of a lot of it, you know, or a lack to access education or proper education, you know. I think we need to understand that a lot of the uh, being aggressive comes from fears, you know. I mean, your own fears that you have not given the tools just to address them in a different way. And if no one teaches you, I mean, you just do what's more natural to you, which is fight, because that's inbuilt in us, you know. And I hope it creates uh, understanding if it reaches a, a, a broader audience also, yes, to give understanding, you know, I mean, all these documentaries that I'm making, I mean, it's just, I think it's yourself, it's, it's for myself to understand other people. I think as part of a member of a society that is very broad and very, uh, very diverse nowadays, we have the duty of understand others. And I think this type of documentaries help me understanding others. And I hope, you know, the same goes to, to, to my audience. Society has changed radically. So having to adapt, the things you just talked about, the deprivations that exist, make it even more challenging because it behooves all of us. And I, whether we want to or not, we're all caught in this treadmill. That, you know, now we're hearing about artificial intelligence and how do you cope with this? And so for a, a, for what is a community or a culture that must be struggling to say, well, what we have is precious, but its relevance is difficult to evaluate. Do, are those questions being asked within the community? They are. And there's a lot of people with the initiative now, you know, to just overcome all these obstacles, you know. And I mean, in fairness, the Irish government, I think, is is, is starting to to value this input for from the travelers also you know so they're they're starting to be given more opportunities than they were before you know and i think that is a way of maybe mending mistakes that they've done in the past you know so uh, yeah i think it is positive i think there's still a lot of anger in the community and there's still an inequality in the com in within the community with settled people that i think they they blame that inequality sometimes and a lot of people aren't making an effort, but I think it's not making an effort. It's like they simply don't want to settle and they're more like, but, but I mean, I don't understand that quite clear. Like, you know, I mean, I understand that you need to be living in a place in whatever. If someone likes to be nomadic, what hopes do you have unless you're a millionaire? Because millionaires can be nomadic. You know, you can go to any hotel, any glamping, camping, get a plane, get a, you know. That is the, the weird thing about it. If you're poor and you're nomadic, then you're not allowed. Or if you're allowed, then, oh, you're a scumbag, you're a knacker, you're a, all these names, you know. Then uh, people that have money and are nomadic, is like, oh, they're so cool, I love to be that. So it's just very, I find, like, I mean, that contrast, like, so weird. That raised a whole series of interesting points because, again, what I said a, a few months ago was that we conform. Society mm. puts the, the onus on us. If we want to work within the norms, we have to conform. And yet there's this rebellious part in all of us that wish to God we could be just, just free, and we yeah. can't. 
Yeah. So it's it's a real dichotomy. I think there's also a fear of the unknown, fear of people who are different from us. And uh, unfortunately, not enough people are like yourself who who investigate to to understand. And I think what you're saying just just before. If the government is engaging more with people with lived experience, that's a good thing. Patrick, of course, you know, at least it's, it's acknowledgement. Yeah. And acknowledgement is a way to start, you know. I mean, I can see the trap and the trap is everywhere. And then like with social media, it's even worse. Like bear in mind, I mean, and I, I feel sorry for, for a lot of the people in the community. They haven't given the chance to, to go to school. So they don't know how to write, how to read properly. Especially the men more than the women, you know, the women have been exposed to uh, to education more than the men. And then like we're in the trap of social media, which I'm trying to get out myself, you know, and then you see them posting something and you know, there's there is mistakes while they write, whatever. And if they want to voice something and they don't know how to do it now, if they do it publicly in social media, oh, look at them, blah, 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 they don't even know how to write. But, you know, there's more criticism. I find it very toxic that way, you know. Like say, English is my second language. I make a lot of mistakes. I probably make a lot of mistakes. Well, not writing as much because I can, you know, I have the tools to go online and check whatever. Even when they have to apply funding or other things, the same as myself, I sometimes have to go through the disability section. It's crazy. That puts you in a position like, what? Am I disabled? Because why am I disabled? Or why a traveler has to apply through disability or to traveler fund that is a nicer way of calling it now they're kind of changing that you know so it's all this still that has to change we're all very different but different to what because i mean the moment you travel you're different you know what i mean if i go to to canada i'm gonna be very different culturally i'm gonna be different in in many ways it's not as accepted as other different and that is the sad part of it and that is a lot of it to do with unconscious bias and that's what we have to fight for against you know i want to switch gears slightly because minkair is a, a can't word or it's a it's a word in the language of the traveler but it, language song artistic expression is often very much a part of culture were you able to get and give some exposure to that aspect of uh, traveler culture to be honest they're actually studying to learn can't again you know because i Kant is like a mix now of English with some Kant words and some Irish words, you know. So there's, I don't think it's a language as a language itself, like it has like a, a structure, a grammatical structure that is completely different. I think it's a variation of old English and Irish words and mixed together with nowadays English. So I think to me, that's what it sounds like. Like say the verbs would be the same, you know. Traditionally, I remember when travelers came along, there would be music like there was there was association of there were Ilan Pipers, fantastic Keenans, and yeah. uh, the Duns were the uh, Pecker Dunn was brilliant banjo player, yeah. you know. So there was a whole musical tradition within yeah. the traveling community, and then yeah. there were songs that would have come from that also. They do like I mean they do have their their songs of course or songs Irish songs that come from the travelers also that yeah. people sing them that they are from a traveler community. They play the pipe, the Ulan pipe, and all that. Like, and it's beautiful to 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 see. I mean, I've I've seen them. Then they do a lot of poetry also. And funny enough, a lot of them now are doing kind of rap <laughs> rather than poetry. You know, so it's good. You know, they're very good at. They're definitely very good at. Yeah, music, singing, amazing singers, mm-hmm. oh, amazing singers, and even like the beginning of Minker. You know, like that song. The lady that sang it, she didn't want to be on the camera. She was so, so, so embarrassed of being in front of the camera. But she sang, 
And that song was recorded, not in a studio, no nowhere. That was recorded in the space where they, they go to uh, to work, you know, in Ballina Slow. Like, if I start singing now, beautiful singer, Winnie. My God, I was like, this woman can't really sing, you know. And then uh, you have other people like Trish who sings the last song, and that is her song. She, she composed it herself, and Trish is great. Like, Trish, I mean, that Broken Lines song is about her life because she was fostered. She was put into care with a family of settled people. And then she went back to the travel community. So that song uh, that plays at the end of the documentary is very real. I think they can really communicate via music or art, even the flower making or the tinsmithing and things like that. There's only two tinsmiths uh, left in Ireland, two. And the two of them are in the, doc- in the documentary, Tom and, and James, you know. Uh, and they're trying to get young people now to do tinsmithing because they will lose it. They're doing like some sort of little workshops, you know, even I was saying to Nora, why don't you try and bring it to the school as part of the TY, like, you know, so other people mm-hmm. can get to do it. Because I found it very amusing. I, I did my own cop, like, Tim Smith in it, you know, and I mean, it is great, uh, great crack, you know, just <laughs> uh, doing it. So, you know, I mean, I think it's activities that could be very well kind of brought into the, the education system. And then, uh, you know, we did, uh, I did also with them at one point that I found very interesting, uh, Nora was talking about writing a book as a, for kids. I said, why don't we do illustration? Illust- illustrations with the, the kids from the traveler community, like, you know, and do some scrolling and some, uh, you know, for the, uh, like, the outsides or, you know, the front and the back. And, but just let them uh, draw the book. They're very, they're very good as, as artists. They're really, really, really yeah. good. We should wrap up. Patrick, do you want to give the coordinates again there? Yes, the event's happening uh, online across Canada, 26th to 30th of October, uh, 2023. Uh, you could rent this uh, film as of uh, 5 p.m. Eastern time all across Canada. So once you've purchased it, you have 72 hours to start the film. And then once you've started the film, you have 48 hours to finish it. Teresa, it's been brilliant reconnecting with you. Thanks a million for taking the time and uh, congratulations. Absolutely, Austin. Thanks so much. I'm Patrick. Thank you so much for uh, taking Minker in your program. Okay. You know, it, it means a lot. So thanks, My guys. Pleasure. Have a lovely day, and I hope uh, the audience really enjoyed yeah. the film. I think it will be very informative for them.